Shalom, 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 family. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Bread Podcast, where we read the word of Yahuwah daily. And uh, the Daily Bread Podcast is presented to you guys by Living for Yahuwah Ministries, and I'm your host, Dalayahu Yashara. And we're here to read another chapter, family. That's what we do. That's why we're here. And um, fortunately for us, today we are reading chapter 2 of the book of Uyakra, commonly called Leviticus. So I'm so excited for you guys to join us. So excited to be here. Um, How can I say it? You know, I always feel special reading this book because Leviticus is widely regarded by everyone as the book of the priests. And it's the book of the orders of operations of the priests. And again, the inner workings and order operation of the temple. How it functioned, why people came, what they were supposed to do, and uh, so on and so forth. So we um excited, as I put in the recap, um, in the details of explanation of episode one, or chapter one, that this chapter, this book, is a gem that's, that lies in the heart of the Torah of Yahuwah. So, um, most of us know it's five books in the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, that make up the law of what we were supposed to live by as a culture, as a community, and everything else in the scripture is uh, chronicles and uh, events and um, prophecy, but it all relates to and they reference the first five books of the law. And... um, Again, Leviticus is one of the most overlooked, underrated books because <clears throat> people seem to gloss over it because it's so um, logistic. I mean, not logistic, but um, how do you say something? The, the tedious is very tedious, but it also is very um. How can I say it? Like, it's centered around the law. It's just centered around statues and commandments about orders and operations like so on yeah we're gonna get into it but again this is him hitting gym this is the base the fundamental base of the culture and things that everybody understood so um i'm happy to be reading it with you guys i'm happy to be sharing it with you guys so i'm so happy to be here and uh thank you guys for listening wherever and whenever you are so um yeah let's get started so what we're gonna do is i'm gonna give you guys a short recap a brief very brief recap just to fill in the details for anybody who is listening for the first time, just hearing of the book of Leviticus, you just landed on this podcast, you just landed on the page, and you like, what is going on? We're going to bring you up to speed, and after we do that, we're going to pray. We're going to go into prayer and uh, make supplication to the Elohim of the Hebrews, uh, Yahuwah, which should be very exciting as well. And then we will get to our chapter, the focus of the day's um reading and the focus of the day's topic so uh, with that said let's get into the recap family again thanks for being here and uh, so we're in the second chapter of the third book of the Torah the book of Leviticus we read Genesis we read Exodus now we're in uh, Leviticus so if I could just summarize for you I would basically say Genesis was very important because that's the foundation of the whole scriptures it literally means the beginning by the sheep the head and it's like he cut, he cut the covenant 
and he made the heaven and earth in six days. What's in the heaven and earth in six days? And he rested on the seventh day, okay? That's very important because we still rest on the seventh day. So you should understand that. Um, but basically, after Yahuwah created the earth, he is on the hunt. And he is looking, seeking the earth back and forth for righteous individuals. And he found Noah. He came to him, made a covenant with him, delivered him from disaster. He found Abraham. He came to him, made a covenant with him, delivered him from disaster. And from Adam to Noah to Abraham is one family of Hebrew people. And we're following the lineage of this important people. And that leads us to Abraham's children or Abraham's family, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was named Yasharal. Yasharal had 12 sons. That's the 12 tribes of Israel, commonly called, or 12 tribes of Yasharal, 12 sons of the children of Yasharal. Very literal um, bloodline of people. And uh, Genesis followed us through the uh, expeditions and the sojournings of these people. Exodus, the second book of the scripture, leads us following the uh, expeditions of these people down into Egypt, okay? Where we came in, fortunately, um, to find refuge from a famine that was going on in the world. But we ended up, ended up in bondage and uh, bitter labor, genocide, which is a secular story, family. It's a secular story that we can actually parallel to what the children of Yasharal are going through today. So Exodus is a huge book about, again, the righteous man Moses, who was raised up in Pharaoh's house. Mosai gave him uh, grace and mercy. And used him to deliver the children of Yasharon. He told him to tell Pharaoh the infamous line. Let my people go. So Exodus is an iconic book. Downright iconic. And Genesis is the foundation. Exodus is a whole nother world. A whole nother planet. The solar, another solar system. Because it is in its own right. The explanation of the beginning. The explanation of the nation. The explanation of the covenant. We have... Redeeming from slavery. We have commandments being given on uh, uh, the mountain of Elohim. So we have us starting the book of Exodus in slavery. And we end in the book of Exodus in the presence of Yahuwah. So it's amazing, amazing book. From slavery, again, to the plagues, to Passover, to the Ten Commandments, to just Moses giving the commandments and breaking the commandments and re-giving the commandments. 40 days on the mountain. So Exodus is so iconic. We encourage you guys to go back and listen to every chapter and review every uh, episode regarding that book and just the foundation, foundational knowledge and wisdom that lies therein. So now we uh, got the instructions from Yahuwah, the Ten Commandments. He told us how he would dwell with us, make a temple, make a meeting place, attend a meeting for all the sacred ob objects that we have concerning the covenant. The Ten Commandments, the menorah, the table of showbread, the altar of sacrifice that sets apart everything that the people bring. Uh, and it, it removes our sin from us. So we ended the book of Exodus with us creating the temple and inaugurating the temple. So now we're in the book of Leviticus where we actually going through the step-by-step -step operation of the temple and the functioning of the people as a whole and the body of government. Being the priest before we had a king, before we knew a king, the priests were in the Levitical family, the family of Moses and Aharon, the, the chosen family out of a chosen people to be the meet with Allahim face to face and give us the word. 
So uh, that's where we are, family. It's so exciting. So very exciting. So we welcome you to uh, follow reading with us. So right now we're on the second chapter of Leviticus. Just getting into this, uh, again, iconic book in its own right, but it, uh, also maybe the most underrated book of all five books in the Torah. So uh, we are actively digging with our shovels, looking for gems from this book. So you've been warned, family. You have been warned. So with that said, family, again, so exciting talking about Yahuwah and what he has done for his people that... Um, I'm excited to pray. I'm excited to go before the same Elohim. I'm excited to be able to lead you guys in prayer before our Elohim. So it's an honor, trust me. And uh, we ready to pray, family. So if possible, let's stand. Let's face the direction of Jerusalem. Um, let's face the temple, the place where the temple once stood. Let's lift up our hands and open up our palms. And all of these are the uh, traditional Hebrew methods and, and ways of prayer so we excited to pray to Elohim so let's pray family join me in prayer as we are uh, clear our hearts clear our minds and get forgiveness and go before the throne boldly of Elohim so it goes like this family Baruch Atah Yahuwah Elohim Blessed are you Yahuwah Almighty One Elohim uh, Hamalak Ulam the creator of the universe, the king of the universe, of Ulam, the king of the ages, in the Hebrew, Ulam. Our father who is in the heavens, permit your name to be set apart. Permit your reign to come. Permit your desire to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Come before you in prayer and supplication, asking that you give us this day our daily bread. Sustain us like only you know how. We ask that you forgive us for our sins and our trespasses against your Torah and your commands as we forgive our dead oars. Most importantly, we allow we ask that you allow us not allow us not to be led into trial, but save us and deliver us from the wicked one. For yours is the reign or the kingdom, the power and the esteem. The glory now and forever. In these days and more, we pray in the name of our Mashiach, which means anointed priest, in the name of our Mashiach and sovereign, our king, name of our priest and king, Yahusha. These things and more, we pray in the name of our Mashiach and sovereign, Yahusha. So, you we just continue to come before you with our hearts full of humility, gratitude, asking for you. Uh, forgive our sins Thanking you for waking us up Giving us the breath of life in our body For giving us able limbs uh, A voice to speak And uh, so many things That we forget to thank you for That we have to thank you for a Roof over our head, food in our, in our homes Our families uh, Our well being So we thank you for everything you hold And we just ask that you continue to guide us, protect us And, and, and lead us On the, your path for righteousness sake Again, these days and more we pray in the name of our Mashiach and Sovereign. Hallelujah. To God, Yahuwah, Yabada Kaq, Yahuwah, Aman. All praise to Yahuwah. Yeah, family. So, uh, all thanks to Yahuwah for leading us to this point. And uh, 
Let's open up the scriptures, family. Let's open up the book of Uyakra and see what Yahuwah, what the word, what word he has for us today. So, uh, yesterday we read chapter one and it was basically about burnt offerings. So as we continue reading this book of the priests, Uyakra, the book of whom he has called, uh, we're going to read about different types of offerings. So I just want to prepare you for that. So that you understand what's going on. Yes. So continuing on family. We going to read about different types of offerings. So that's what you should be. Um, put yourself in the mindset. And understanding of. So let's get into it. And then I can explain more. Leviticus chapter 2. Verse 1. When anyone brings a grain offering. As an offering to Yahuwah. His offering will be a fine flour. Hallelujah. He will pour oil on it and put frankincense on it and bring it to Aharon's sons, the priests. And he will take it from a handful, excuse me, and he will take from it a handful of the fine flour and oil with all its frankincense. And the priest will burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, a full offering. With the pleasing aroma to Yahuwah. Verse 3. But the rest of the grain offering will be for Aharon and his sons. It is a most set apart of it is a most set apart of Yahuwah's full offering. So it's important for us to understand. Someone brings an offering to Yahuwah, a grain offering. Because again, they farmers and they growing wheat. And they have to thresh it. They process the wheat and they bring the process. The very pure and unadulterated processed food or flour to the priest. The priest takes a memorial or a portion of it, a handful, burns it as an offering for Allahim. And the rest is the priest's portion because he has no field, family. Remember, we read these things. The Levitical priesthood, they have no portion of land among their brothers. Their portion is Yahuwah and the offerings that the other 11 tribes bring to Yahuwah. So... Again, while we're reading the order of operation, these things become concrete because he said it already in, in, in Exodus and uh, as he told Moses about how they would divide the land. But now we're seeing the order of operation. The priest takes a handful and burns it to Elohim and the rest is the priest's portion. I hope we understand that because we're going to continue to read this as we continue to talk about different types of offering, family. Again, I don't want to stop too much and interrupt the flow of the reading but I do want to make sure certain things are clear and it make it helps to make everything else make sense verse 3 the rest of the grain offering will be for Aharon and his sons it is a most set apart of Yahuwah's full offering verse 4 when you bring a grain offering baked in the oven as an offering it will be unleavened loaves of fine flour mixed with oil or unleavened wafers smeared with oil and for me I see that every day here in East Africa with what they call chapati it's flat bread different names for it in different cultures tortillas in Mexico um, again they call it flat bread in America Mediterranean um, locations have a different name for it um, chapati tortillas 
Um, it's a couple other names for the flatbread. It's wafers. Uh, you might say something like a pancake in America, but I don't know if that's unleavened. But um, just think about something like that, a tortilla family, a chapati. Uh, it's still a very, a very much a large part of a lot of cultures in the earth. So just reread verse 4. When you bring a grain offering baked, so we see that there's an option to bring flour to the priest, or you can bring baked cakes. And it could be a loaf, an unleavened loaf of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers smit with oil. So just for context sake, for you can help you understand. Verse 5. And if your offering is a grain offering baked on a griddle or pan, a.k.a. pancake, it will be a fine flour mixed with oil. You will break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. So just like that, six verses in, he has spelled out what a grain offering is, family. First chapter we read about burnt offerings. Now we're reading about grain offerings. So we can already see there were different types of ways people were able to come and make uh, a, a sacrifice or an offering to Allahim. Very important to understand. Verse 7. And if your offering is a grain offering cooked in a pan, it will be made of fine flour with oil. Got you. Verse 8. And you will bring the grain offering that is made of these things to Yahuwah. And when it is presented to the priest, he will bring it to the altar. And the priest will take from the grain offering its memorial portion and burn this on the altar, a full offering with a pleasing aroma to Yahuwah. But the rest of the grain offering will be for Aharon and his sons. It is a most set apart of Yahuwah's full offering. It's most Kadash. It's a very Kadash thing. Even if today it may seem like a common thing. We eat every day for breakfast. Especially at this time, those times, it was the most set apart. Very important for us to understand. Verse 11. No grain offering that you bring to Yahuwah will be made of leaven or made with leaven. For you will burn no leaven nor any honey as a full offering to Yahuwah. As an offering of first fruits, you may bring them to Yahuwah, but they will not be offered on the altar for a pleasing aroma. This is very important because two reasons, family. Verse 11. First part, we know leaven has a bad stigma. We know we, we have a feast of unleavened bread. We have a stigma against leaven, like the leaven of the Pharisees, and a little leaven leavens the lump. So we think like leaven with a bad connotation, with a bad as a bad idea. But leaven in certain aspects can be good. We ate uh, leavened bread sometime. He said we can offer it as a first fruit offering. Matter of fact, he called, he asked for it as a first fruit offering. But in this aspect, regarding the temple the sacrifices the set apart altar he says is not permitted and so that's important how this distinction distinction and the nuance and again with honey some people I've heard it says people say honey is unclean because it comes from bees which are technically like an unclean animal is a bee but honey is clean and we are able to partake of it but he's saying specifically don't bring it or don't add any honey to any offering 
that's going to go on the fire as a pleasing aroma. So things like this is very important to note. We don't have a temple today. We're not doing these sacrifices verbatim today, but these things are very interesting nuances and they shed light on other statues in the Torah. So um, very interesting, uh, family. I just want to share that with you so you all have that bit of uh, knowledge and understanding. And it, it reads in verse 12, as an offering of first fruits, you may bring them to Yahuwah, the honey, the unleavened, the leavened bread, but they are not to be, they will not be offered on the altar for a pleasing aroma. So just so we clear. Verse 13, you will season all your grain offerings with salt. This is a very important commandment. And again, everybody else, all the priests that talked about these commandments, all the apostles, they understood these things. And obviously the priests that actually walked it out in the temple, they understood these things very crystal clear. But it's for us, we definitely have to take bite-sized pieces and make sure we ingest it and everything is understood with 100% clarity. But salt was a very important part of Yahuwah's offerings. And he said in another place that all the offerings should not be lacking salt. Very important. Verse 13. You will season all your grain offerings with salt. You will not let the salt of the covenant with your Elohim be missing from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you will offer salt. Hallelujah. And another place it says we are the salt of the earth. So it just shows you how iconic uh, his people are. How everything is so symbolic uh, and uh, just majestic, family. Nothing short of majestic and special everything about his Torah everything about his people everything about you who is special first 14 if you offer a grain offering of first fruits to you you will offer for the grain offering of your first fruits fresh ears or green ears of corn fresh ears roasted with fire crushed new grain and you will put oil on it and lay frankincense on it as a grain offering. And the offering, and the priest, verse 16, excuse me family, verse 16. And the priest will burn as its memorial portion some of the crushed grain and some of the oil with all of its frankincense. And it is a full offering to Yahuwah. Or another, the KJV version also adds and says that, it is an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. So, I love this chapter. You know, it's, it's, it's 16 verses, but it's short and sweet. It's telling us specifically and completely what is involved with grain offerings and the different types of grain offerings. A first fruit offering, a normal grain offering, um, yeah, different types of grain offerings. So um, that's, that's um, very concise uh, instructions for the priest. So um, yeah, family, today we ending out. And um, it's, it's, it's very, it's not, besides what I explained already, it's not a lot of room for misunderstanding. Very clear. If a person wants to come to Elohim, they want to entreat him, they want to seek his face, get atonement, whatever it may be, and make an offering, is very concise instructions. 
And we all should be thankful for that. Um, again, it's um, a lot to understand because we don't have this temple today. So much that we can take from uh, interjection about what they did do. And so much we can also parallel to what we, what we do today. Again, our offerings of sacrifice and praise, thanksgiving, us lifting up our hands in prayer are like as the same as a full offering, offering made by fire to Allahim. But so much you can unwrap with the physical offering. And it, it kind of shows us how we should come to him uh, processed and crushed and uh, just with a willing heart to make an offering. We should all desire to seek his face and to, to offer him something that he's given us. He's given us so much, and we just give him back a portion. So uh, it's a very interesting concept of even making offerings to Elohim, the one who gives us everything. We give something back to him in a memorial sense because we don't even give it to him. We burn it in fire. So, again, there's so much um, of our of the majesty in our history and culture lies in the book of Leviticus. So, I don't want to hold you guys too long. I appreciate you guys for listening to me, for walking with me, and uh, I ask that you guys just, again, follow the podcast so you notify when we a new episode is uploaded and, and published. Uh, interact with us in the question and answers. Let us know how you feel about offerings. Could we still do offerings or is it totally done away with? Because nothing in here just that we read said that you know, we can't do it. Say you're supposed to bring it to the priest. But um, it's a whole uh, dichotomy around that, paradigm around doing offerings. Some people believe we could do it. Uh, what do you think about different types of offerings? Which one would you bring if you could? Uh, so it's a whole conversation to be had around this topic. And I'd love to have it with you guys. So interact with us in the question and answer segment. Uh, <clears throat> listed below, we have our social media links and uh, platform that you, you guys are able to follow us for um, different news, updates, um, events we have going on. Follow us for live sessions and just to reach out to contact us if you like. So um, again, it's been my host. My pleasure hosting you guys, reading with you guys. And until the next episode, family, we say shalom. Shalom, shalom, family. See you guys in the next chapter.